construction podcast for kids, grown-ups, and whoever wants to listen. Welcome back to The Scoop. This episode, we're talking about site work. You're going to hear about some awesome construction projects, like a water park and a train station for trash. I met John Horton from Horton Man Constructors. I was introduced to him by my friend Paul, who is his grandson. Everything we do is more or less from the ground level down. A lot of the stuff we do is about cleaning up the environment. John's company was hired to rehabilitate a very polluted site, one of the most polluted sites in the region. I built a big, giant concrete box, actually two of them. I had very high-temperature heated floors. They would bring dirt into this building, and the floors would heat it up, and it would get really, really hot. And then the heat would release the solvents from the uh, from the dirt. That Then those solvents could then be treated properly and disposed of properly. And then all that dirt went back into the ground. So for three years, we took all the soil out of this whole big, like, 80-acre site. We treated it, cleaned it, put it back in the ground, and then planted trees. They also get the ground ready to lay foundations. I thought that was awesome because I love digging in dirt, shoveling dirt. Very, very, very little real shoveling goes on. If, if we have to do anything that you can't get a machine, we vacuum it. We have giant trucks to vacuum the soil. Oh man. I guess even when I'm a construction worker, I'll have to keep building sand castles if I want to shovel. But they do use some awesome machines for the soil work. I'll tell you about those a little later. The other side of the business that we do is concrete work, mainly foundations. But also a lot of other interesting stuff. You know, sometimes you go down the road and you see, like, big water towers with a big, the, the yeah. big golf ball on the top. We just finished building a natural gas um, compressor station where mainline gas comes into the Panhandle Eastern system. We built, they wanted to have more water volume because if there's a fire, they don't put it out with water, they put it out with foam, but you need water to make the foam. Mm -hmm. So they needed a, 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 it's as big big as a city water tank to provide them enough volume of water Mm -hmm. in case there is a fire that they can make that kind of quantity of foam. When we do those, the concrete is all circular. So it's it's not a it's not like a foundation like a house. We have to make it circular to be like the tank. It turns out there are all different kinds of foundations for different purposes. And companies like Horton Mann need to know all the details of what each site needs. Some are really specific, like foundations for printing presses. If you don't know what a printing press is, it's a huge machine that presses ink onto paper to print pages for books newspapers, magazines, and other written materials that are produced in large quantities. John explained why printing presses need a really flat foundation. Every building vibrates, you know, between wind loads and mechanical loads from equipment on roof. Well, the printing press can't have the vibration from the building going into the, because it'll smear the ink. The bearings in the, in the presses and stuff will, will not wear evenly. And so there's all sorts of ramifications. But what you do is you put foam around the whole perimeter and then you pour the concrete in. You gotta make it really, really, really dead flat. 
It's going to be the flattest concrete imaginable. Whenever I'm reading a book or a magazine, sometimes I think about all the work that went into that, into writing and publishing it, but I never thought about the machinery that's involved in that or the site work that needs to happen for the machinery to work properly. It's pretty crazy to think about how all those pieces are connected and how construction affects something like a newspaper or a book. It affects most things in our environment, actually. Riddle time! What's black and white and red all over? A newspaper. Here's another example of a really specialized project that takes concrete expertise. They built a train station, not for people, but for waste. So how does that work? So the, these buildings are massive. They have concrete walls that go way up high, like 35 feet in the air. And the trains pull in at a lower level, and the trash comes in at the higher level. So Oh, so it just dumps in the top? The building is so high, the trucks can dump right inside the building. And then they have an excavator. Instead of a bucket, it's got a claw. Yes. And it grabs the trash and puts it in the train. And they keep they keep tamping it down to get the air out of it. And then when they have enough trains full, they come with a locomotive, a big locomotive, what they call a CSX locomotive. And they take the trains away and, and they all go to Ohio. They, out there, they have a machine that takes the the rail car off the track, picks it up and dumps it out, and puts it back on the track. You just see two massive trains just going, you, that's, out you go. That's exactly what it is. You would need to be, like, precision with that, because if, if you put the train wheels, like, tiniest bit of an inch off. It wouldn't be exactly it, right. It wouldn't yep, it's gotta stay on the track. I brought my friend Paul with me since it was his grandpa I was talking to, and he asked, Did anything inspire you to create Portland Man Construction? Uh, that inspired me? Yeah. I wanted to build things that I found to be the very most fun. I think all of the stuff he described sounds fun, but some of it would be fun even to kids who aren't as into construction as I am. This past year, we did built the water park down in Cape Cod. Behind the scenes, it's all big concrete boxes and big pumps and stuff. That's what we did. And we did all sorts of like fancy-looking concrete work to make it look like old uh, planks on a ship. As fun as it is, it's a lot of work. Some of the nights that we poured big areas of park... I mean, they would be. He'd be there till like two and three in the morning to make sure that they had, they had put certain chemicals on it to get certain colors, and that nobody walked on it. Mm -hmm. And they put the plastic down at the right. Part. Everything is a, a process. Another thing, a lot of kids and grown-ups would find fun: the trucks. So there's a little roller, big roller, a mini excavator. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be run over by that one. No, that's a big guy. This little builder here. That's not what I call little, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and we have with these other trucks they they call we call them end dumps, or some people call them rock trucks. They're yeah. giant, giant trucks. That can, they can't even drive on the road. They're not not like quite as big as like like a mining dump truck, right? They're a smaller version of the big mine trucks or the big haul packs, yeah. Oh, wow. And they're, they're what they call articulated, so the front moves from the back 
and and it operate and it twists this way so you can go over the roughest you could yeah one one tire you could be on top of a stump and the other tire in a hole and the truck still drives along straight so this could be turned at a 90 degree angle and this being like tilted a bit yep. too and then it also you can see here these are called steering pistons so that that's what steers it from one side to the other and and this right here is called the drive shaft, and that puts power to the back wheel. So all those back wheels drive, so that that you all have. All of those. So you can you can drive through mud this deep without any problem at all. Fit in it. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> then we looked at some of the trucks they use to move the rocks and load them into the rock truck. This is a rock bucket right here. And this one is just like a solid earth bucket. That's a grading bucket. Because you don't, see there's no teeth on that one? This one here is meant for digging in. And this one there is for like smoothing out. Then the other thing we do is, a lot of times we drop this bucket right, it comes off hydraulically. We drop the bucket yeah. and use it as a crane. You mm. could attach like a, could attach a rope and just use that to like lift up and down. They do. They use, they use steel cables and they, they it's what's called a choker and they hook it right around the tooth exactly. You've been looking at a lot of pictures of things, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> that that boom that's out on the front is called the dipper. And then the bucket is, is controlled by what they call crowd. Yeah. And then the fourth one it controls is spinning. Yeah. That's called slewing. And then this, this is... That's dry. traveling. That makes your tracks go back and forth. So this, you, this would be, this would be that track. This would be this. Track. Exactly. Yep. And so, if you want to run over my suburban, <laughs> you just have to head it that way and go right over. One of the most surprising things I learned is that you need to know not just about the attachments and how the truck works, but you also need to know a lot about computers because a lot of the trucks are controlled by computers. Our estimators and project managers, they, when we get a set of drawings in from an engineer, we take those drawings and we put them into our system and we use that to figure out everything about that site. So we know all the quantities of the dirt, how, how much dirt we've got to buy, how much pipe, um, how many fittings, that whole thing is all figured out. And then when we get the job, the, the that information wherever it can, if can go to certain machines to do certain components of the so work. So you so to send it to certain machines. Yep. Or and then the machines send us information all day long. Like it tells us if it's got something wrong with it, it'll say, "Okay, I the machine's getting too hot," or it's saying the oil pressure is down. It'll it'll even tell us how hard it worked for the day, whether it's whether it was what what percentage of load it worked under. It'll tell us how many hours of idle time it had. It'll tell us how much fuel it it used. It'll call Caterpillar and schedule maintenance work to be done. Um, this all comes out of the machines, the newer machines. The older machines don't have it. it was just yesterday, I'm looking at a Cat 950G loader to buy, and I said, send me the send me the information on it and it told me from the day it, mm -hmm. it came out of the cat factory how many times the engine has spun around it told me how many hours of usage how many gallons of fuel it's burned 
how much load it's been under on average, you know, that goes into the decision of how much I want to offer yeah. the person for the machine, you know. Pop quiz! How much does John spend every month on his fuel for his trucks? A, $6,000. B, $16,000. Or C, $60,000. Guess what? It's $60,000. Wow, he must need a big company for that. The construction business has changed a lot since he started the company. Paul and I asked him about that. I've been doing this now for 47 years, and every day I'm amazed by the stuff that I don't know. One of the big transitions for me was everything going digital, I spent years of my life with blueprints rolled out, page after page of yellow pads, you know, that's all gone. When I started in the business, you would have a general contractor, you know, skilled carpenters, laborers, masons, cement finishers, iron workers, welders. You'd have all these different trades under one roof. The big change now is it's become much more specialized where, I mean, we have essentially two trades, concrete guys and site work people which is rare. Usually it's it's one or the other. One thing that hasn't changed from when I first started in it, okay? It's either cold or it's hot or the wind's blowing or it's snowing or it's raining. It's still hard work and it's still all out in the environment. And most of the guys that like it, they love working outside. I'll tell you the good part about construction. Like I said, I've been doing it for almost 50 years and I get out of bed every day and can't wait to get to work. It, for me, creating and building something that is going to be there for hopefully a long time, being able to see it, mm -hmm. be able to know that you were part of it, is huge. And that's a, a satisfaction that I get out of it. I had so much fun spending the day with John, Paul, and their family. Whenever you see concrete, think of John and the people like him who are doing tough jobs to keep the world running. See you on the next episode of The Scoop. Meanwhile, stay curious about those big construction trucks.